thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name is Lawrence and I'm joined by... This is Dan. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back. We uh, we did just try and start it another way, um, but we just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't, I, I couldn't take myself seriously. And um, so here we are with the standard hello. Are you, are you well today? I'm okay. Um, we're recording on a Friday, which is not an oft thing that we do. Um, it's a bank holiday weekend, first of two over in the UK. First so, of three uh, yeah. for this month. Yeah, first of three for the month and then two back-to-back, isn't it? Quite right. Thank, so thank you, King. that's a nice treat for us. Quite. Nice of long weekends. How was your trip to South Korea? It was very good. Um, I have I think I've pretty much got over the jet lag now. I'm not back to work yet. So um, that, that was how I originally wanted to start the podcast. I wanted to say hello in Korean. Annyeong um, haseyo. But it just didn't 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 work with the vibe did it of the podcast intro um no so uh <laughs> we'll leave it at that yes but no it was it was good um the flight was horrendous as expected because of my heights in the seats but no it's um it's somewhere that i would highly recommend going um and I, how was the food yeah amazing i mean to to be fair i mostly lived off um kfc yes just kfc uh, no, I ate a lot of sushi and sashimi over there, which obviously isn't traditionally Korean. That's more of a Japanese thing. No, but, but they do have a lot of Japanese imports in South Korea, I understand. Yeah, um, a lot of American ones as well. I know that in Japan, a big thing is the 7-Eleven convenience stores, but there's quite a lot of them in Korea as well. Um, so I bought quite a lot of convenience store food, which was quite cool. And then on the final evening, we went to a huge, huge fish market um where they get fresh fish in every morning uh but above it directly there's about 12 to 15 like fresh seafood places so we had um, nice. fresh sashimi on the uh the final evening and then obviously went over for the wedding that was good we went to a um a restaurant in the evening called korea house which was like 12 courses i think of very traditional korean food so yes overall very pleasant so i lost my ray-bans which wasn't ideal oh. um but you know what's a boy to do? But no, I'd I'd go back again. Uh, I really enjoyed it over there. It's it's a really cool place, and it's made me want to go back over to that part of the world so I can finally go to uh, to Japan as well. Yeah, I'm, that's still on my bucket list as well. But there we go. Maybe we could do a a podcast episode in Japan together. Yeah. Yes. Did uh did it wreak havoc on your bowels? No, no, we're all good. I um on my layover though, on the way way over. I um for for anyone that doesn't know me personally, I'm I'm lactose intolerant. I can't really do dairy. Um and there's dairy and everything in, in Asia for some reason. But on the way over I had a layover in Munich and uh, I stopped and I, in the airport I went to like a sandwich bar and they had this um this smoked salmon baguette thing and it had some white stuff in there which I assumed was cream cheese. But I asked the German lady and she said, no, no, it's horseradish. I was like, okay, that'll be fine. I got halfway through the baguette and I was like, that is definitely cream cheese. I've effectively just been poisoned in Germany. 
Um, <laughs> but luckily, the um, the thirteen hour flight went by with no bowel dramas, just leg ache related dramas. I think by I the think time when I came back from Vietnam, I think I had the runs, and we yeah that was a that was an epic journey as well. <laughs> yeah, that's gross. It's just not nice. So that was is it? fun. It's not nice. But by the time I went to bed on the first day of being there, I think I'd been awake for 32 hours. It's uh, yeah, it's a long old journey, and I won't be doing a long-haul flight again very soon. But um, no, it was very nice, Kamsamnida. That's thank you. Those are the two. I've just used the two Korean phrases that I could do and could remember. And how was the wedding? Very nice. It's... Um, Quite different from like a, a Western style wedding, um, bit different, but it was it was an experience. I'm re- I'm really glad that I went. I uh, yeah, it's it's just it's a completely different. I mean, you know, because you lived in Vietnam, but going over to that part of the world, I felt like a bit of an alien because it's so different to yeah home completely, and particularly with you know how bloody tall I am compared to the rest of people in the UK but in in Asia it's it's completely different I was I was on the subway um one day during rush hour and I was about two heads taller than everyone else everyone kept looking at me like I was a freak um but no it was good I uh I highly recommend South Korea to any listeners that haven't been and fancy it alas back to the uh the topic at hand today it's a game that we uh We've both put off discussing about two or three times um, to record it. I think we we pushed it about last week, so I was busy and was about to leave the country. Then earlier this week, I was very jet-lagged, and then you were very tired, and we managed to say, right, we're going to do it today, um, which will give you an idea as to both of our feelings on this game. But uh, this week, we're going to be discussing a game that's a relative newcomer to the list, so it's another one of these little extra ones. Um, I can't tell you where it would sit if it was in the list and we counted it up now, but it has a meta score of 93. Today we're talking about the Bay 12 Games um, game, Dwarf Fortress. So it was released properly in December 2022. Um, However, it did start as freeware and it had been in development since 2002. Um, with I think the alpha being released in 2006 so it's a game Correct. that's been in development for, for 21 years um, which is a very hefty amount of time and you, you you hear about a lot of games that have been in development for that long to, to have some kind of issue with them but it's just that this was um, a labour of love I think so do you want to tell us um, first your history of this game and, and where you played it? Um, my history with this game is extensive, really goes back a long way. So. Um, yeah, so my history of this game is looked at the Metacritic top 100 list to see if there had been any updates, as I do infrequently. And I saw this game called Dwarf Fortress. That was a few months ago. And I thought, what on earth is that? And accompanying the games on the Metacritic top 100 list is a, a picture um, a thumbnail that goes alongside the game and it didn't even have a proper thumbnail so I thought yeah what is this game and I think I mentioned it to to you a few times that this this new game had come onto the list and 
yeah, neither of us really knew what it was um, until it came time to sit down and play a bit of it for the list. So yeah, that's that's the extent of my history. Obviously, not really um, extensive. Um, I'd never even heard of this game before it came up, even though it was it's been around since in some form or another since two thousand and six. Um, but has influenced a lot of massive games, so I'm sure we'll get on to that. Um, I played Dwarf Fortress. Another interesting thing. There are two versions of Dwarf Fortress. They are um, pretty much the same, except there's one quite key difference. So um, there is a paid Steam version, which I think costs £25. Which is the one that's um, been released for the list. Yes, that is the one that's on the list. Um, so technically, we should have played that one. But um, there is still the free version that you can play. Now, the key difference that I mentioned is that the Steam version as a whole new sort of um i don't know, graphics yeah display um so everything is a lot more i'd say user friendly in that version whereas the old version uses ascii graphics which basically are keyboard symbols to um display everything which is a head scratcher for new players especially given the notorious depth of this game so yeah, I played I played the free version here. I probably should have paid the played ver- the play the the paid version, but we spent quite a bit of money on this list already, so I thought it was just an opportunity opportunity to save a little bit of money. Um what about you? I think you're going to say the same as me. Yeah, same as you. I I never ever ever heard of this game. Uh, I didn't even realize that it was in our list either because I I put together uh, the additional games a few months ago but I didn't see Dwarf Fortress and then when we were talking about the next game to play and we were thinking it was going to be Tetris um, you suggested that for something quick that wouldn't you know be a, a 70 hour epic that we could play Dwarf Fortress and I was like what the bloody hell is Dwarf Fortress I don't I don't know what that is and I've, I've not heard of it I didn't even realise it was Zelda, on the list Dwarf Fortress. The Legend of Zelda Dwarf Fortress Um so I'd, I'd never heard of this game. I've never played this game. I don't know anything about it, which for this list... Still is, don't know anything about it. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, for, for this list, it's a bit of a rarity for like either one of us to... For neither of us. To... ...not know anything about a game. Like Even a majority of the games that I haven't played on the list, because I watch quite a lot of gaming-based um, footage on YouTube and, and reviews and stuff, I've usually heard about a game or know something about it but this one absolutely nothing um but same as you i I played the the free version for the same reason just trying to save a bit of money uh at the moment because tetris effect costs like 30 pounds it's outrageous and i I won't get over that um and we just played another game which was a smaller game what was it um that also cost surprisingly more than you think Disco Um, i can't remember what it was uh no 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 because i bought that already stanley parable so it was sorry say it again stanley parable yeah that was that was quite surprisingly expensive considering it's not a hugely long game um yeah so uh but we move obviously yeah um yes it's uh a, a uh an occupational hazard of doing a podcast like this um 
so this game is it's a management sim. It's management and, and construction, um, of yes. which I've played quite a few of in the past. And you know there are some very famous game titles within this this genre. Um, but what what do you do in this game? Um, so it's a procedurally procedurally generated um, game. Yeah, every aspect is procedurally generated. You start off similarly to how you start off Minecraft. You generate your world. And you can um, select things like size, um, number of different things, <laughs> um, number of uh, like minerals and yeah. number of attack parties and, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, so, forests, lakes, etc. Yeah, so it anyone that's listened to our prior episodes, it may draw to your mind... Um, Minecraft, it may draw to your mind um, Civilization in some ways, and those are the two games that I got most um, reminders of playing this game. So, yeah, procedurally generated world where you have a party of dwarves and you're basically creating your dwarf civilization, you're Fortress. delving deeper and deeper, and you're trying to expand and you're building things to enhance your dwarf civilization until inevitably um you lose and start all over again and this game is very 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 dense um with everything so in terms of things that can happen really anything can happen there's a really complicated system behind all of this so you might have dwarves that get married and um i don't know one of them goes off with the farmer dwarf and then climbs a mountain and falls off the mountain and dies. Uh, that, it's just very random. And but yeah, they do their own thing, the dwarves. What, what this game excels in is um, emergent gameplay. And lots of people have talked about this. Other games that do emergent gameplay well... Um, in recent years, I suppose. Uh, Breath of the Wild was known for its emergent gameplay. And uh can't really think of um, And what, what is emergent gameplay? It's it's really, um, if you break down the, the phrase, gameplay that emerges. So, so it's gameplay that is very procedural, very... Not procedural, that wasn't the word. Very um, dependent on certain things certain systems and anything can happen based on basically okay this is this is uh me me going back a bit now because uh i didn't i, I butchered that definition there <laughs> so in, in emergent gameplay you have you have uh systems at play so um the game will define these systems so for example using breath of the wild as an example um you've got the weather system and the weather system is not just a nice graphical effect like it is in many other games. In Breath of the Wild, the rain can have an impact on gameplay. Yeah. So, uh, in Breath of the Wild, you can climb any surface with the exception of a very small number of surfaces that you can't climb. Um, and if it's raining and you're outside and you're climbing a surface, you will slide down that surface because you can't climb in the rain. Um, similarly, if it's raining and you are using um, metal weaponry 
and there's lightning, you can get struck by lightning. Similarly, your enemies can also get struck by lightning if they pick up or use any metal weaponry. And because of that, you have these systems that are baked into the game and based on these systems, these rules, um, something can happen. That's the emergent gameplay. Something can happen within the confines of those rules. But it develops naturally from those rules and really within that set of rules anything can happen within the realms of the game sort of thing um the last bit wasn't as clear but certainly the first bit was so that is similar to what dwarf fortress does it has this it has this rule set and within that anything can happen um there's i suppose you could say there's a random element to things happening yet all within this defined rule set so that's what emerging gameplay is and that's what the game excels at yeah so that's what the game is quite hard to describe as you, as you can probably tell um closest uh, thing as, as i said before is minecraft and apparently this was a really heavy influencer yeah. of minecraft so that's worth noting as well yeah i think the word that you use to um to describe it earlier as dense is absolutely the word that I would use. I've got a bit of a history with management sims. I quite enjoy them. Um, but with this game, there is just so much to it that you can tell it's, it's a game that's been in development for so long because there are just so many options, so many things that you can do. And it's very standout in that way. Um, you know, each of your dwarves has a history, has a story, has a personality, and you don't have direct control over them. Um, I, I don't know if you watched any videos, etc. I did, yeah. Did you watch the IGN review? Um, maybe I did. I think I did, actually, yeah. The, um, the guy that was doing that review was talking about how the dwarves will just do their own thing and they will just make their own decisions on stuff. And apparently one of his fortresses was being sieged um, and right in the middle of battle, two of his dwarves decided that they wanted to get married in the infirmary. Yeah, I did. I definitely, yeah, I did see it. Um, yeah. And it's stuff like that that you don't often see in other games that I think makes this game stand apart from others. And from what I gathered from this game, it is very much, this is very much an indie game. Like, this is the definition of an indie game, 100%. Yeah. When you read about the story of the original developer and, you know, he was just doing this in his spare time with a few other games and then he went into this full time. And yeah. since 2006, it has garnered a huge cult following. And this game within that community is very, very highly respected because of the yeah. amount of stuff that's in there. Now, for... A game like that for people like us who kind of churn out games for discussion and reviews for a podcast, there is just so much game that I think really you need a good like few months to play a game like this to really it's appreciate. It's very overwhelming. Yeah, and... massively so, which I think is my main issue with it. Because like I said, I've played a lot of uh, management and construction sims um, previously and I do quite enjoy them. But I always get put off by when there's just so much to it. Um, a, a game that came out, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, um, a year or two ago called Crusader Kings. I think it's Crusader Kings 3 or 4, um, which is on the um, 
it's on Game Pass, but it was originally a PC game, and that is one of those games, and it is so fun. It's it's um, it, it's again, it's a management sim really about um, dynasties within um, within the world, and you basically take over as a king or a duke or something, and you get to choose how to grow and invade, and it, the game starts in like ten fifty something or whatever, and, and you go from there. Um, and there's just so much in it that it was overwhelming to the point where I couldn't play it. Um, but an example of another management sim game that I love, and I've put quite a few hours into, you know, at least two or three dozen, uh, is a game called Prison Architect. Have you heard of it? Yes, I have. That game, like I love it. It's it's fantastic, and it it, it kind of. It makes me think of the old Bullfrog games from the 90s, games like Theme Hospital. Theme Hospital. Um, you know, other games like Roller Coaster Tycoon. Those games really make me think of, of Dwarf Fortress. Um, but as, as we proceed, like, like you said, this it's, it's, a very, it's a very quirky game, and I think a lot of that is because of the graphical um, situation with it, with, you know, it's text-based kind of graphics um but if we go to gameplay as king it's quite hard to pin anything down on here because of the kind of game that it is but do you, do you think this game's fun not for me um but i think to someone that's been playing it for many years or someone that's i will admit i think you're more into these kinds of games than i am um i I struggle with games where I don't have an objective. Um, I'm, I always, yeah. I, I need to be driving towards something and I need that to be kind of there. And because this game doesn't have that, um, it's a lot of emphasis on creating your own story and then these emergent things will happen. Mm. But because there's no objective, I find it difficult. Um, but to some people, I, I think this is probably very fun to play. Um, one of the things that I looked at when I was looking at this game, there's a YouTube channel dedicated to Dwarf Fortress. And what they do is they've got these emergent stories that happen naturally, organically within the realms of the world. And they've drawn artwork to go alongside it to kind of um, help to narrate it. And you get the text from the story and then you get this artwork that goes alongside it. And that's what the channel is. And this channel has got thousands of subscribers um so this game really has resonated with um as you say a small but dedicated audience um not fun for me but i understand um the appeal to some people i'd say um how about you um i i agree with you i, I didn't find this game particularly fun and it makes me think of the wider question, though, because like I said, I, I, I quite enjoy management sims to some extent, but I don't know if I would ever go as far as to call them fun. Like I've spent, like I say, <laughs> dozens and dozens of hours in Prison Architects, but is that a fun game? I don't know. It's a satisfying game, and there's something about it that makes you want to keep going for more. It's the same with games like SimCity. Um, w- would you call that game fun? I don't know. But something relaxing about them. Yeah, massively so. And it's the same with The Sims. And, 
you know, compared to the dozens of hours I spent in Prison Architect, I spent hundreds and hundreds of hours playing The Sims. Um, not so much in the last, you know, five to ten years, but particularly when I was a teenager, I spent loads of time playing, particularly The Sims 2, um, and then eventually The Sims 3 and 4. And I, I spent a bit of time on the original Sims, particularly on the PlayStation 2. And there's something quite addictive about them. Um, and particularly when I was younger, that goes like twofold. But particularly focused on Dwarf Fortress, I don't think it's a fun game. I think it's a compelling game once you really let yourself get into it and let go. But I don't think it was very fun. The next question is, what was your favourite move? But there, there, there's no way really to to answer that question. No, I don't have an answer to that, frankly. Was there anything um, in particular that you enjoyed? In my play, playing of the game, no. Um, my experience playing this game was, I started it one night and I found the t- tutorial very um, obtuse and I kind of went away after messing around trying to mess around on the game for about half hour and then I came back and I couldn't I couldn't work out what to do again so I had Mm. to start again and that time I kind of used an online guide a video guide to start my world and started the world and started to play around a bit but nothing in my time which admittedly wasn't a huge amount of time, um, stands out to me as being a, a good move or a good bit. Or yeah. And it's not because of the game. It's because... I, you, talk, you talked about those games that you've enjoyed in the past. I can't think in my lifetime of a, a game like this, this genre that I've played for any extended period of time, I think the closest I've got to games like this is strategy RPGs and the key thing with those that appeals to me, which I do enjoy, I really enjoy, is again, you've got an objective. I really struggle with that. And it it says a lot about me as a person, I think, that that I I do struggle with games that don't have that goal and I don't find them relaxing like some people do um, because I just think... Letting you into a bit of my my psyche, really. I feel like I'm wasting time playing them. Yeah, you're um, not achieving anything. Yeah, and 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 that again, like I say, it says a lot about me as a person. Um, but I really struggle with these kinds of games, so I, I can't pick out anything that I would say. Oh, it's a, it's a a great bit or a great move. But this is not the game for me. No, I'd I'd, I'd give the same answer. There's nothing in this game that stood out to me in terms of wow I really liked that and I mean on the on the new version there's a couple of different game modes you've got the dwarf fortress mode which is the standard what we've been talking about and you know creating your civilization slash fortress and seeing how long you can go digging further into the mountains you know trying to survive gathering minerals um but there's also a mode called adventure mode um which is basically a turn-based roguelike because this game does have a roguelike um, element to it as well, which I think is quite interesting for a game like this. Um, so 
you know, you're not just stuck doing simulation stuff. There are other elements to it as well, which I think is yeah. is welcome. Um, because like you say, th- this isn't a game for everyone. Um, we've mentioned the graphics a little bit, and obviously we've both played the free version, which is using the old um, style graphics, which are text slash number based. But do you want to talk a little bit about the graphics on what your thoughts were on them, particularly for the older version. For the newer version, it's updated. They're a sp- kind of like sprite-based. Um, yeah, the new version looks nice. Um, in a way, I will admit that I think we've done the game a bit of a disservice by playing the what I think is the inferior version. Um, and I think having that interface, having a bit more of a, a visual language that I could understand would have helped me with this game. Um Whereas you look at that screen and it doesn't look like a game to me when you just look, when you glance at it. Yeah. Uh, I heard someone describe it as it looks like um, the Matrix, the code from the Matrix scrolling across the screen and it does yeah, yeah. in a way. And I, I, I was watching another video because I was trying to, we do, we, we do try and... Um, educate ourselves as much as possible in the games that we play um and one of the videos that i watched um was about the development of of dwarf fortress and the creator of the video um said that they'd had that video sitting there for a very long time and the reason that was was because they'd done the interview with the developer but because the game looked like it did with those graphics it's very hard to put together a compelling video around it and it's probably why there aren't many videos on it on youtube no and and this is when they reference that channel which dedicates itself to dwarf fortress and they borrowed some of the imagery and some of the storytelling from that video or from from those videos to tell um, so to give the visual element of Dwarf Fortress, which to me, as I say, uh, I, I find it really hard. I think it adds another layer of um, denseness to what is mm. a very, very dense game. Um, it's it's almost like someone said, and I know this didn't happen. It's almost like someone said, how do we create a game that at the outset will put off as many people as possible? <laughs> and then... Dwarf Fortress came into fruition. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's certainly an acquired taste, I think. And I personally, I, I don't think that either you or me are qualified to talk about this game. Like we, we, no, with some not. with some games on the list, you know, you and me will put in you know twenty hours, fifty hours, a hundred hours in some cases. Yeah, and this is one of those games. A, it's very hard to do if you don't quite get it, and B, it's about the time. And I think if I think if you personally had to spend twenty hours on this game, I think you'd probably go mad. Um, I, I I don't think it's the kind of thing that you'd be able to uh to to cope with mentally. I think it would drive you insane, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't know if doing it for the podcast would give me that reason. We we have to make a judgment call when we do these episodes, so this is a bit of a, a peek behind the curtain. And every every time we, we plan an episode, 
we have a game and we have to kind of allot time to it. And if it's a game that can be done in a week, then we will release it the following week. This yeah. was, to us, a short game that we would dabble with more than uh, anything else. That whereas... worked around the schedules of both you and me going away. Yeah, exactly. And there, there are, and I'm going to I'm going to come to this at the end of the episode, actually, but there are many, many bigger games coming up and it means that our schedule will probably be a bit spotty mm. until we get to our own games, which we've been talking about for quite literally years now. Um, so y- you'll have to bear with us on that. But um, yeah, this game, I didn't have tens of hours to put into it personally. And maybe if I had the time, I could find something in it that appealed to me. But yeah, I think, as you say, it was an uphill battle for this game. Yeah, and, you know, another peek behind the curtain. It's usually the case with with this list is that you will always do your absolute best to complete a game if you possibly can, won't you? Um, You always try to get as much done of a game as possible. Whereas I can sometimes be a bit more 50-50. If if I feel that I've played enough of a game to make a judgment on it, I will, or sometimes I will play it to completion. Um, If the game has a storyline or a a final objective, I will 95% of the time get to that. You've definitely Um, completed more games on this list than I have. Um, There's a a few games that I can think of that do have storylines that I didn't get to the end of, but for the vast majority, Mm. um, I did. Yeah, exactly. And and it's usually the case that if if you complete a game um, before I've completed it, you'll tell me, okay, I think you should get to this point. Um, Yeah, it depends how much you're enjoying it. Sometimes you are enjoying it and you'll obviously get there on your own. But if I can tell you're having difficulty with it, I'll say, get to this point and... The Witcher 3. will give you enough to... Yeah, and it will give you enough to to give your opinion on events because this is what they are. They're they're just opinions at the end of the day. Yeah, 100%. So um, that brings us to question of the week. And we discussed it briefly before we started recording, like what we wanted the question this week to be. Um, and you made a comment about the development time for this game, which I think um, might marry into the question that I do have. We haven't really seen any other management sim games on this list. Um, and, you know, there are some really big names out there like SimCity, um, City Skyline, uh, you've got Theme Hospital, the Roller Coaster Tycoon games, Theme Park. And firstly... Why do you think that it's this game above all the others that has made it onto the top 100 list? And do you think that it has anything to do with the amount of time that's been put into the development of this game across the last 21 years? Yeah. Um, so as you said, we're not we're not the sometimes we're not the best people to talk about these games. We say it in fighting games that we're not generally the best people to talk about the games. Um, and this is another one of those games. I do think there are um, there's there's a a niche audience that loves this game. Yeah, that really loves this game. That the fact that it can drive YouTube channels that only focus on it, and that that channel can have thousands of viewers um, for each video, that says how much people are into this game. And 
this game deserves respect just based on the fact that it's able to do that. Mm. That it has resonated so strongly with people for decades, quite literally. Um, because of that, it, it deserves respect. And there was um, there was a I read I read something literally just before we uh, came on. I don't know if it was on Wikipedia. Or I was reading something else, um, but someone had said something. Someone had put a comment on Steam saying. Um, are you, uh, are all you people, all you fans of this game really willing to spend $30 on this game after it's been out for 20 years on the Steam version? Mm. And apparently 3,000 people, um, commented and said yes. Um, so that's the following that this game has. And I think, I think a big part of it is the guys that made it just from my limited, um, perspective on them they seem like good guys that have put in all this time all this effort labor of love. chunk of their lives into this game yeah and um one of the guys that made it said that this game was his life's work mm. so this single piece of i'm not going to say art because that's a bit pretentious but this this uh this piece of media is kind of everything that this person has done in their life it's the summary of it and it's i mean and that's that's a big deal um so as to why this appear appears there and and uh, not others i think the fact that you've got this game that was originally released to the public in 2006 built up this fan base this cult fan base and finally came out with this version with an improved interface with better graphics that was a bit more accessible but was still the game that they knew and loved nothing had changed about that side of things um it means that the people that likely reviewed this game were fans of the game um i'm guessing so it explains why this game is here and not other games and i do believe it has um something to do with this fan base which is obviously a very keen um, fan base. I don't know if you have anything, any other opinion on it. Well, I think that through the development of it over the past 20, 21 years or so, that because the community is quite tight-knit with this game and because it seems like the developer um, is also within that community, there's been a lot of feedback as to what people want to see in the game or what bugs needs to be fixed. And it seems like even though the developers have been doing this as their project for the last you know, 20 years or so, it's very much, uh, okay, you tell us what you want, community. The community's game. Yeah, 100%. And it seems like this is really, you know, although it is... Uh, a project that's been made by the developers it seems like it's been made in tandem with the requirements and the wants of the community which you don't that's often really see interesting yeah it's really interesting um and you know you, you don't really get that with even small that wasn't that wasn't sarcasm but no 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 it, it's, it's something that you don't really see with with indie studios you know they will always take on board uh feedback and criticism but you don't often see um studios basically letting their community help them develop the game and take it in directions that um you know you, you don't see it going or, or you wouldn't think as a developer that you'd want it to go they, they've kind of let it be 
its own thing and grow that way, which I think is a cool thing yeah. and it's quite unique. Um, it is, and, and I agree with you. Yeah. So, um, yes. Final thoughts then on Dwarf Fortress. Do you think it deserves to be in the list? Yeah. So, I know. I know that it sounds like from my tone of voice and from the way that I've talked about this game um, that I'm anti this game, but I'm really not. I think games like this need to be on the list, uh, the top 100 list, because otherwise you get every single Grand Theft Auto under the sun, every single Mario under the sun, whatever, whatever franchise it is. And... I think games like this are important because, as you just alluded to, this is the community's game um, and the list is not necessarily about appealing to the broadest set of people. Um, sometimes it's about a niche title that a few avid fans adore um, and that has just as much of a place on the list as any other game. It doesn't mean that I'm ever going to go back to it, but I can appreciate this game even if um, I don't love it myself. Mm. I think I I I agree with you on why this game is here and why it stands out and why it's special. And I think it is quite a unique. Um, it, it, it's a unique title on this list that you know I don't really think we've seen anything like this before, which is you know quite quite a big thing to say when we we've played yeah, over 100 games now for for this list so you know that's that's big in itself um and particularly with the inclusion of mr blobby um being in the mountains as well you know I've, was that one of your random stories that he, you had unfolded yeah that's right um one of the dwarfs actually was mr blobby um i, th- I thought i'd just chuck the reference in there just to you know get it in um but I, we don't agree beforehand who is going to bring in the Mr. No, Bobby we don't. It, it just so happens organically. It's spontaneous. Um, <laughs> but I, I personally, Bobby. <laughs> the inclusion of Mr. Blobby makes this game a ten out of ten, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I, I don't think that it deserves to be on the list because I've, I've played management sims that I think are better. Okay. And that I think are better suited to be here. But that doesn't yeah. take away the fact that I think this game is very unique and it's it's quite special. Um, and as much as I didn't enjoy it that much, same as you, I can understand why it has the following that it has, which I think is important to to see. You know, we we, we often say, um, you know, you can look at the number one game on this list, for example, Ocarina of Time. Although we don't think it is the best game of all time, it is the most important game of all time. And I think that yeah. there is a difference between a game being good and a game being important. And I think that yeah. this game has a bit of both in there, um, which is which is why it's found its way onto here and into mine and your lives as a game that we'd never heard of um, two yeah. weeks ago. So, yeah, I... I wouldn't go back and play this game. I didn't, you know, particularly enjoy it that much, but I'm glad that we've had a conversation about it because I think it's an interesting one. Um yeah. So yes, as we move forward, we um we've got the next two games on lock, haven't we? And we've we've got an episode coming out next week. Now that we're now that we're pretty much out of April, 
Um, well, no, we are out of April by the time that this game releases. I think that it releases on the last day of, of the month. So as we move into May, our um, spotty schedule, although we'll be spotty with longer games now, isn't going to be spotty because we're out of the country. So we're going to you know, no, try to although make... in June... I've got a packed month, so we might be back there in June. Yeah, but we'll, we'll that see. That probably coincides nicely with um, the larger games. Yes, so we've got the next games on lock, and the next game will be coming out uh, this coming Thursday. Um, would you like to advise what that game will be, please? I started it yesterday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so the next game coming up, coming out next week, is um, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, uh, which was a Microsoft title. Well, it was an indie title, sort of Microsoft published, I believe. Um, and yes, that's the next game coming out. So, do you want an to, interesting title? Do you want to announce the game after that as well? Yeah. So the next, the, the game after that, this is this is where my uh, what I alluded to earlier comes in. So we're now on the point in the list where um, we're playing the games that have been added to the list, and. A remake recently came out. Yeah, I suppose unfortunately for us, um, the games that have been added to the list are quite long, a lot of them. So, for example, the the game coming up next is Persona 4 um, Golden. Golden. And and, uh, that's come out very recently for various consoles. So, that's a very long game. Um, We played, you played over a hundred hours on the original uh, on Persona 5 I played like 90 something hours or something like that maybe maybe I played 105 thinking about it so yeah it's a big game that's a big game in itself um, the game after that that we have planned I'm not going to reveal what it is yet that's um, I have completed it before it took me 45 hours I don't even know what um, we've and, got planned after that and then the game after that one is another massive game um, I don't know what I we've got planned after that either <laughs> Well, that one is also um, you're looking at probably fifty or sixty hours. Um, Big boys. So, so yeah, it it just means that the the I mean I think we've been pretty good in the last year of releasing uh, three games in a row and then having a week off. But I think that may change with some of these larger games because I just think in order to get as far slash complete, I I hope to complete as many of these as possible. Um, we're just going to need that little bit of extra time, so um, we'll see how we patient go. With us, yeah, and we will keep you updated, and and we'll have, we'll we'll plan ahead as much as we can. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a bit of juggling. Quite. So again, a peek behind the curtain for you. But yes, next week then is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Um, little tip for you. Um, I was going to get this on Switch, um, which is about twenty five quid, but I realised that it's on Game Pass. Um, which I didn't have anymore, but I've just bought a month for six quid. So managed to save myself, you know, 20 quid there. Um, but I am... I may get the Switch version just because <laughs> I'm... I feel like this game... Yeah, it, it's game made for Switch. very good on Switch. Yeah, I, um, I did mug myself off though, because yesterday morning I purchased Persona 4 Golden on the Switch. And then when I got Game Pass, I realized that it's on there. So I could have got both Ori and the Will of the Wisps and Persona 4 Golden first, you know, 650. But alas, never mind. Um, as usual, if you want to get to us on social media with a long and short of it podcast, you can email us at the long and short of it podcast at hotmail.com. 
And yeah, if you enjoy this episode or enjoy the podcast, please, you know, give us a rating on whatever platform you listen to us or share with a friend or colleague or pet. But yes, that is all from me this week. Anything from you before we depart? No, that's it from me. Lovely. Well, we shall see you in a few days time with Ori and the Will of the Wisps. And in the meantime, take care. Cheerio. See you on the next one.